Hello and welcome back to the Cover 4 Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Seppin, and today we're going to be diving right back into the world of sports, covering everything you need to know from around the major leagues. First thing I'd like to say is thank you to everyone who supports and listened to my podcast from the previous season. I know that my uploads had abruptly ended for the summer months, and I had been told that many of you were looking forward to hearing them again, and for that I thank all of you. Uh, This time around, I want to start getting into some finer editing. I'm going to be attempting to turn my recordings into a more professional format, and I have a few things to learn in order to do so, uh, such as video and audio editing, and uh, I am planning to upload more frequently so that I can get out more content and uh, start building up my show a little bit more. I was potentially thinking of switching to a two podcasts per week format, one where I would cover the MLB and another where I could cover the NFL uh, or football as as a whole, I suppose, uh, because those are my two main areas of interest and I could get into a little bit finer uh, segments with those. And with that being said, uh, for our intro today, there has been a whole lot changing in the sport world, so we will have no shortage of topics to get through. Uh, everything from fantasy sports to recent NCAA rule changes and the obvious around the league info. First up this week is going to be the major leagues of the MLB. Uh, the MLB season is in its final six weeks of the regular season, and with the season hitting its seventh inning stretch, we're starting to get a picture of how the postseason games and awards might look. Sorry to my local fans, but the Rockies didn't stand a chance. Being an arguably the strongest division in the MLB would have made a postseason run hard for any team in the league, but hey, at least they're better than Arizona. The NL West has dominated the MLB this year, with the San Francisco Giants making a statement that this is their year, and the Los Angeles Dodgers hot on their trail trying to prove that the defending champs still got it. The division has been so dominant this season that both San Francisco and Los Angeles were the first two teams to hit 80 wins on the season. No one else has yet hit 80 wins this season. Uh, However, that should only last another couple days or so. If the playoffs were to happen today, our bracket would look a little bit like this. In the American League Divisional Series Game 1, it would be the Chicago White Sox and the, the number 2 Houston Astros. Our AL wildcard game would look like the New York Yankees against the Boston Red Sox, which I think would make for a fantastic wildcard game as the New York and Boston rivalry has been around uh, as long as baseball. And for the winner of that AL wildcard game, they would end up playing the number one seeded Tampa Bay Rays in the ALDS game two. Uh, in the NL, we have the number three Atlanta Braves and number two Milwaukee as the first NLDS. The wild card game would be Cincinnati and Los Angeles. And the winner of that, uh, of that game would face San Francisco in the other NLDS. Um, this, this is the projected MLB postseason bracket via ESPN and FanDuel.com as of August 23rd. Projections and updates come out every week on Mondays if you're curious to see how things look after tonight's show. As far as awards go, things look just about as good as they did when the season first kicked off. My personal favorite, Jacob deGrom, has been injured and on the injured list currently has not Uh, played in a couple of months, so he is long out of the race. A little bit unfortunate for me. However, uh, as far as around the league awards go, our batting average leader currently sits uh, at 320 
with Nick Castellanos of Cincinnati leading that. Um, Kyle Hendricks of the Chicago Cubs is tied with Julio Urias for pitching wins uh, at 14 right now. Home runs, uh, the Japanese sensation Shohei Otani leading with 41, and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. of the Toronto uh, Blue Jays is tied for second with 36 right now. Uh, as far as earn run average goes, Los Angeles's uh, Walker Bueller is leading the league right now with the 2.02 ERA. Uh, RBIs is currently standing at 97 with Chicago White Sox uh, Jose Abreu leading in that category. Pitching saves right now. Uh, Mark Melancon of the San Diego Padres is at 34, and that is a league-leading uh, amount of saves right now. Uh, hits is currently being led by Adam Frazier, previously of Pittsburgh, traded to San Diego, and he is tied with David Fletcher of the Los Angeles Double Angels at 147 hits. Uh, pretty incredible stuff there. Strikeouts right now, Zach Wheeler of Philadelphia leading with 204 this season. Uh, and then stolen bases right now is Starling Marte, uh, previously of Miami, traded to the Oakland Athletics at 39 steals on the season. Uh, as far as MVPs go, I predict that the AL MVP crown will belong to none other than Shohei Otani. Uh, I don't think this one is much of a doubt in anyone's mind at this point. He leads the league in home runs at 41. Uh, he's also currently tied at fourth in the MLB for RBIs at 89. He's batting a solid 269 right now and has the highest OPS in the league at a 1.002. And a quick side note for those who may not know what OPS means in baseball terms. Uh, OPS is on-base percentage plus slugging percentage. Uh, and it is a statistic that the MLB uses to measure how effective a player is at getting on base and hitting for power uh, by summing up their on-base percentage with the slugging percentage, giving us an idea of how effective that player is offensively. Um, Otani is also a talented two-way player, pitching well at 8-1 and one for his record on the year with an uh, ERA of 3 and 127 strikeouts to 39 walks. So he has also been pitching uh, pretty efficiently. Um, his numbers are pretty middle of the line average. He's he's got a, he's got good strikeouts and a, and a, and a decent ERA, uh, but I think that eight and one uh, as a starter is what's really setting him above uh, everybody else as far as like a two way player would go. Uh, the NL race is quite a bit tighter. However, I am currently in favor of Fernando Tatis Jr. of the San Diego Padres, as many other people are. Uh, the all-star shortstop comes in with a 284 batting average, 35 home runs, which is currently third in the MLB. And he's sitting incredibly well um, on all of these stats, even dealing with some time off due to injuries, which is what I think is going to push him over the edge and possibly get him that uh, MVP title is because he has missed games due to injuries, has been out for a couple weeks at a time, and has still had that kind of production. Uh, next up, my pick for Rookie of the Year. I'm going to give my pick for Rookie of the Year to Jonathan India of the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, the rookie has exploded onto the scene in the recent months with a 275 batting average, 17 home runs, and 59 RBIs, 
and uh, he's had more product more production than just about any other rookie this year and uh, he just seems to be getting hotter and hotter uh, those 17 home runs have all come in recent weeks he got pulled up recently and has been just dominating as far as his rookie stats would go um be sure to tune in again next week for more MLB stats and standings as we inch our way closer to the postseason. The NFL is back and we're as ready as ever with the preseason in its final weeks and the regular season getting closer by the minute. Here's everything you need to know about fantasy football. I know a lot of you have been or are probably in fantasy football leagues, always the best way to engage in the upcoming NFL season. And with the preseason entering its final weeks, here are a few players that you might want to keep an eye on this season. For those of you who may not have had a draft yet, here's some top picks you don't want to miss out on for sure. Uh, round one in the first round, you should be looking to take players like Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, or Derrick Henry. Running backs are obviously a must in round one. But if you're one of the unfortunate souls who ends up with the last pick of the round like me, you might want to take a little bit more calculated approach since the best pick will have already been taken. Uh, in my 12-man league, I took Austin Eckler with the 11th pick of the draft, and I did this for a few reasons. Eckler is a player looking to shine in the fantasy world and on the field for the Chargers this season. Um, he's been around for a couple seasons, and he's been pretty productive, and I think this is just his year that he he feels like he's going to make a difference. And uh, when interviewed earlier in the preseason about fantasy football predictions, Eckler gave the press the infamous pick me speech. Uh, the last running back to give that simple response was Kareem Hunt of the Chiefs in 2017. Uh, Hunt went on to have 1,300 rushing yards, eight touchdowns, and 455 yards receiving that year. Um, oftentimes when players feel that they're going to have a breakout year, they use that pick me phrase uh, as a way for, to let the fans know that uh, they're going to give them the needed production and they're going to be a reliable player for them, which is why I believe that Austin Eckler will be an effective running back. Um, and that's why I took him with my first pick. I, I feel that uh, he, he's going to be a really solid choice. And so if you guys have the opportunity, definitely look into taking him um, for rounds two and three. Rounds two and three are sometimes more important in the fantasy football world than the first round is. Uh, this is because there are, you know, there's a handful of super superstars from you to choose from in round one. Um, not all of those guys are going to be taken in the first round, uh, which leaves a few players behind for the second and third rounds that could have easily been first round choices. Uh, if given the opportunity, go for a high ranked tight end in the second round. Tight end is easily the most underlooked position in fantasy football. However, I believe it is as important as a running back or a quarterback. Uh, I had a friend in one of my leagues this year who did not look at tight end at all and ended up not being able to even draft a tight end because none of the starting tight ends were left in the draft. Uh, I made the mistake of going for a wide receiver in the second, and with my draft position, most of my scouted tight ends had been grabbed already. Um so obviously, if you can look into taking a player like a Darren Waller, a Travis Kelsey, a George Kittle, um, those guys who we know are going to be productive and have you know been the best tight ends in the league. Um, and so, yeah, if you can, with your second round pick, seriously, take a tight end, go early. Um, same thing I can say for the third round, take a quarterback early. People have been taking quarterbacks earlier and earlier in the drafts, it feels like. It used to be something that you could let slip till a fourth or fifth round, 
But uh, if you've got a couple picks back to back, if you're a later round guy, uh, go tight end quarterback and just secure that off the bat for yourself. Um, if you decide to pass on a tight end because you saw a standout player still available, try taking a tight end who has recently acquired a new quarterback or one that has been in a solid point production for a couple of consecutive seasons. Um, I personally didn't go with a veteran, which would be more than likely the most stable choice for a tight end. Um, I, however, decided to pick up the athletic rookie Kyle Pitts. Pitts, the former fourth-round pick in the most recent draft, has incredible physical ability and promise. And with a veteran QB for the Falcons, uh, I think he is as uh, as valuable as any other tight end in the league. Um, Late rounds and players to put on your watch list. Uh, there's there's a couple players who you might never think to pick up because they haven't established themselves in the league yet, um, and these are you know these are draft sleepers. Here's a few sleepers to put on your watch list as we wrap up this week's fantasy football segment. Number one, I have Mecole Hardman. I drafted Hardman in the late rounds, and I think he's going to be a steal this year. Uh, Hardman was recently held holding the number three wide receiver spot for the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, but this year he steps into a new role as the wide receiver one, wide receiver two. Uh, with NFL All-Pro speed threat Tyreek Hill on a day-to-day watch list for injury and former wide receiver two Sammy Watkins moved on to Baltimore, Hardman faces a new role where he may be the primary target. Uh, Hardman plays a lot like Hill in regards to his speed and his uh, ability to make big play, uh, big plays and be explosive. Uh, keep an eye out for Hardman and pick him up in late rounds or waivers. If he's available, I think he's going to be a point steal in fantasy football. Uh, my number two watch list. I have Najee Harris, the running back from Pittsburgh. Uh, Harris is a rookie for Pittsburgh this year and a former high school and college star. He has been quiet in the scouting world ever since heading to Pittsburgh in the second round of last year's draft, but he has shown incredible promise in preseason, playing to the Steelers' style and making a name for himself. He's a rookie that I would keep an eye out for. Uh, Pittsburgh is known for its powerful and productive running backs, and I think that Najee Harris has the potential to play at an all-pro level, uh, being developed in Pittsburgh the way that he has been. Um, the last guy I have on my watch list this week is Marquez Callaway, a wide receiver of New Orleans. Uh, Callaway is a receiver that shocked me and everyone else in the NFL scouting world last week, having an incredible preseason game against Jacksonville in week two. And uh, with a new and improved Jameis Winston at the helm for the Saints, uh, could Callaway be a breakout player? He played in only six games last year, totaling 21 receptions for 213 yards. However, in his Week 2 game against the Jaguars, him and Winston connected for eight receptions, 165 yards, and two touchdowns in only one quarter as the starters only play for a quarter or two at most in preseason. Uh, This was a game where Jameis only threw 10 passes and Callaway was eight of them. Uh, He secured both of Winston's touchdowns as well. And with a performance like that, uh, Callaway will secure my final watch list spot of the week, and he's definitely a player I suggest you guys look into taking or claiming off of waivers in late rounds. Next up, the NCAA football is back and better than ever. Uh, this year marks the first season that we will be played with the new NCAA NIL rules in place. Um, Although this is more like a lack of rules for once, uh, as players now have the full rights to earn and profit off of their personal image. Uh, NIL is a ruling that stands for name, image, and likeness. And 
It basically gives college athletes the freedom to profit from anything that they can do with their own name. Um, the, the NIL ruling was recently put into motion, allowing for collegiate athletes to have full access to make money and profit from their abilities. Uh, personally, I see it as a win for the athletes as the NCAA had been in control of every move their athletes could make. Uh, I believe this ruling will allow for schools to move their scholarship money to athletes and students who would otherwise need extra help. And the guys who may not be the Zion Williamson's or the Trevor Lawrence's of the world. Uh, now institutions can use the money that would otherwise have been used on those big name athletes and invested into smaller sports or extra uh, extracurricular programs. Uh, the big name athletes will be securing themselves enough money to thrive off of even before they make their major league appearances. Uh, let me let me know what you guys think about the NIL ruling, if you've heard of it, if you have any opinions on it, and uh, anything else that you think this new era of collegiate athletics could bring about. Um, last thing, my, my favorite, <laughs> I have a list of a couple favorite NIL sponsorships and moves. Uh, I did think these were, this, this one was kind of funny. Um, an Alabama wide receiver, Kool-Aid McKinstry, has signed a sponsorship agreement with Kool-Aid. Um, I thought this was pretty funny just just because, I mean, his name is Kool-Aid. Uh, it kind of would have been a shame if Kool-Aid decided to deny him that sponsorship, but uh, fantastic stuff that he, that he ended up getting that. And uh, the other one I got, this is a cool story that I heard of, um, something that makes me uh, look forward to the future of the NIL rulings and, and, and what's going to happen with collegiate athletics. Um, this is from Miami, Florida. Uh, the U football team has been offered $500 for each player per month uh, to sponsor with a local gym. All they have to do is wear the merchandise, occasionally use the gym, attend their gym, and uh, post about it on social media. $500 a month for every player that is on the Miami football roster. Um, I thought that one was really cool. Uh, yeah, so thank you guys again for listening, and uh, tune in next week for another episode of the Cover 4 Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Seppin, and I'll catch you next week.